shaklunk. The gates are open, and we're unlocking another Patreon episode. This is back from, I believe, 2020, uh, when we covered uh, Incredibles and Incredibles 2. Well, technically, The Incredibles and Incredibles 2. And so here is the the second half of this series that we've unlocked for you, you lovely people. And the reason we're doing this is, one, we're preparing for coverage of our next series, which won the bracket, which was Underworld. Um, and then, two... We are trying to get to 50 patrons. We're really, really trying, um, and uh, we're, we're kind of close, um, but we need you to sign up. We need you to sign up. It's patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. You got a link in the show notes, and uh, you can sign up for as little as three bucks. Now, the reason I want to emphasize $3 is most people could take $3, throw it on the ground, walk away, and they wouldn't even know about it. So I'm encouraging you to, instead of throwing that money on the ground, I'm not sure why you're even doing that, put it on Patreon. We even have free trials now. So you can do a free trial and see if you like all the extra episodes. Although, in a way, these last two episodes have been a free trial. So, But the thing is, once we get to 50 patrons, we're going to be doing something called the Big Pixar Dive. It's uh, MPU Goes to Emeryville, which is where Pixar is located. And um, we will be covering all Pixar movies. Um, we've already covered a lot on MPU, the sequel, which you can listen to uh, if you're a patron. Uh, and then we've also covered a lot on the main feed, but there's a ton of one-off movies, you know, uh, that we'd like to cover and kind of go through a studio and what a studio means. And especially in the last couple of years, there's a lot to talk about. So um, sign up, get us to 50, sign up a friend. I think you can even, you might even be able to gift patrons to people, uh, like a Patreon package. I'm not sure about that, but you might be able to. Anyway, um, link in the show notes, enjoy this episode, and next week, it is Underworld. Everybody and welcome to MPU, MPU the, the, sequel. the sequel. Yes, and this is a special Patreon episode for only our patrons, where Mike and I take on film franchises that only have two entries. And today we are wrapping up Incredibles with Incredibles Two. Yes, yes. Thank you. We had to do take two because my brain froze when we when we first. If you listened to our Hot Fuzz episode. You know what we mean by brain froze. Unless Micah did a killer oh, job I edited editing. It. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I edited that thing like only crazy. Only our patrons know. Yeah, only you know. And you can hold that ab- above other MPUers. I think a big portion of my brain died that day. Like during recording. Yeah, I, re- I remember there was a moment where... Several. I, I had to pause it for some reason. And you... I was like, do you want to just finish it later? And you were like, no, if we don't get it done now, we're not getting it done. I need to do it. And it's not like we didn't. And you were having hot flashes. I was having a hot flash. I was, I was like, I had to like take off my shirt for most of the episode because I was so hot and the apartment wasn't hot. I was just like having a total like internal struggle and I, I felt a little light. <laughs> I don't know why. And I think the episode actually turned out really well. I don't think anyone would be the wiser. Um, cool. but you could listen to it and check, but I know you don't like to listen. Oh, me? Yeah. I just, I'm kind of bored, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably not the best thing to say, but it, to me, it's like, yeah, I already talked about it. Well, yeah, I you know how I feel. You're bored, not because it's boring, no. but because you've already, you went through it. Yeah. I, I listen yeah. to movie podcasts cause I want to know what someone else thinks. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care so much because I trust you and your editing. Like, I don't really care how it turns out. Right. Because <laughs> I, I know it can't be that bad. No, it's always very good, actually. We we only have a couple of sort yeah, of bad episodes. But like even which, those... Which one's our worst one? I think uh, Incredible Hulk is probably our worst. Oh. Because oh, that, so long ago. that one... Yeah, it was our second episode. It's because that one we recorded, and remember, I had the computer in such a way that I didn't see that it had stopped recording, and the next day we had to re-record the episode. 
and so it doesn't have the like we like we did the entire episode and then we did it again and so it was that like hurts. and that movie's not good so it was like ugh, we have to talk about this again yeah um and then i thought that one of our mocking jays wasn't very good and then olivia told us it was like one of her favorites like the certain episode yeah, I just felt like I felt like we didn't have much to bring to the table. I'm I feel sh- like by the end, I was like, what more is there to say about this yeah. series? I'm so bored. Yeah, and but she said that I think it was the, the very last one. And I think she was like, oh, that's my favorite episode so far. So I was like, oh, maybe I need to give myself a little more credit. <laughs> huh. we're, we're okay at this. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we're right now we're exploring the Pixar movies that only have one sequel. So um, this is the the second of three series that have that. So next month we'll be jumping into uh, the Monsters, Inc. Averse, which I'm very excited about. Um, And today we're doing Incredibles 2. Let's talk about when we first saw the movie. It was in Ashland, but not at the Varsity. It was at their other theater, the bad one. Yeah. And Ashland Street Cinemas. Ashland Street Cinemas. Yeah. Um, Aminal. There weren't enough children in the theater to my liking, not enough children's laughter, which is like one of my... Take that out of context and you're weird. But you know what I mean. Yes, Seeing a Pixar movie with full of children is probably just as fun as watching the movie for me, hearing the little laughter. Um, But then I also remember when we saw it the first time, the movie started and some lady was like yelling in the theater. Okay, I remember there being something odd that happened, but I couldn't put my I finger on what it was. I couldn't quite tell either, but she it was like outspoken, like, no. And it was like, what? What is going on in there? And the, but it sounded like the people she was with were like, call, like quieting her. Uh-huh. But I couldn't tell what the situation was. Yeah. And then she was quiet, like for the most of the rest of the movie. Huh. From my memory. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember being annoyed during the movie, and usually I do. No, but so. right at the beginning, it's like, oh, this is like, if this is the the whole movie, this is like walk out. Yeah, I remember we tried to see it at um, Cinemark, like in Tinseltown, and we showed up with Grayson and Chloe. Yeah, and when we showed up, like it was sold out until yeah. like two hours later, and then we looked in a Ashland, it wasn't, so yeah. we went there, and I think I was bummed because it wasn't. I had like a gift card or something and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to spend real money. This sucks. Um, But here we are. And so I I remember, so we saw the movie and I was like, oh, that was awesome. You know, it's 14 years later. So there's a lot of, and and if you listen to the previous episode, we love The Incredibles and we've always loved it. So it was a little like, I felt like I walked out of the theater and I was like, oh, that was really good. I liked it a lot. Awesome. Love Brad Bird so much. And then, like, a week later, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I saw Incredibles 2. Me too. And and by then, I was like, oh, it's clearly not even close to as good as the first movie. Yeah. If that's the case. Um, so it was interesting going into the movie with that, uh, when we watched it last night, because that was only the second time that we've seen it. Yeah. And I know that for, like, when we went into Finding Dory, I was like, oh, I remember enjoying this movie. I'm going to, like, still enjoy it. And I kind of didn't like it the second time. Right. And then this one, it's like, oh, I hope that that doesn't happen. And it didn't. It's pretty good. We have to talk good. about the short. Uh, what, was the short Bow. the one? That wasn't an incredible. Yes, it was. Are you sure? Yes, it was. Okay. Yes. Talk about uh, it. One of my favorite shorts, Pixar shorts, could be my favorite. It, it's, I mean, if people saw it in theaters, you know that it's the one where the, this woman is making dumplings and her, one of them turns into a baby. Yeah. And it's just, it's a little short film about raising a child. Yeah. And I remember when, you know, this movie came out, like people were saying like, that that was such a weird. Right. I remember that too. Like it was like really kind of creepy because she eats the dumpling because she doesn't want her son to leave. Yeah. Um, And to me, this is kind of like watching uh, Piper, the the short before Finding Dory. And I'm just like, oh, cool. I'm already crying. (laughs) because <laughs> yeah. i just i'm a sucker for movies that have to do with the relationship with the parent yeah. so you're seeing a mother go through motherhood and it's just like i feel like i'm crying even when there's not a bad part like yeah. it's just so beautiful uh-huh. and um love the cultural s- stuff surrounding it as well that just makes it makes it even more tangible uh-huh 
And the dad is one of the coolest characters I've ever seen animated. Oh, yeah. He has he a very so large cool. head, right? Yes. And I, you got to look it up. People. Yeah, there's no have, use in describing it. But uh, it, watching that short and then finding out that the girl who directed it is going to be doing a Pixar movie. Yeah. Makes me so excited. I know it's it's we we talked about this a lot on um our Toy Story series um where it's like Pixar is pretty well known as like a boys club. Yeah. And um part of that I think is it you know it did stem from like a group of friends. Yeah. But then they didn't um try and diversify right who they were hiring and stuff and it feels like they're finally kind of catching up to that idea. Yeah. Um but still, I looked at their upcoming projects, and I know that that one was announced, but, you know, they announce projects all the time, oh, yeah. and then they don't come to fruition, because yeah. something I like about it is when it doesn't work out, they they scrap it. They don't try and, like, just finish it, because they started right. it. Right. Um, but I didn't see her name on any of the, no. like, two or three upcoming movies. Well, I hope she just does anything. It doesn't even have yeah. to be Pixar. I just want to, like, want to see her do something. Yeah. And, and you know, with, with Pixar... You know, you think about Coco, it took them seven years to make. So yeah. them announcing it in 2018, it's like, we're only two years out. They might be, like, just finishing character sketches right now. Yeah. Isn't there, a um, like, an Asian character coming from Disney Studios soon? Because you have Moana. And then, yeah, like, the there's, next um, one. There's a movie, I think it's, it's called... Raya and the Dragon. Yes. And they just cast Kelly Marie Tran, the girl from Rose from The Last Jedi, to voice her. Nice. Which I felt good about because she got burned so bad after Last and Jedi. And she's very good. Yes. She's very good in Star Wars. Uh, yeah, so I'm, that looks, I'm excited, I'm excited for, for that movie, but that's a Disney Studios, right? Yes. That, okay. Yeah, that's the Moana Frozen Studios. Okay. Um, yeah. but It's just the pictures I've seen look really cool. I know, and it has dragon in the title. I'm automatically yeah. on board. So, yeah. uh, well, I guess I'm not always on board with dragon titled movies, but like what? it sounds cool. No, we we'll get to it someday. What? Um well, I didn't want to say cuz I've been trying to but I didn't really like How to Train Your Dragon 2. And Your um sister's listening, dude. I know and and I want to like it and I'm I'll probably try and watch it again. And it's not necessarily the movie. Maybe it is. I I wasn't a big fan of some of the story beats, but I also like I don't know, I don't really like Viking stuff that much. It's not really my um, intrigue, but I want—I really want to like it. But I'm—I'll I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I just straight up miss the boat on that <laughs> franchise, so I don't think it really matters if it's good or not. Yeah, and I—that is such a bummer of a thing to admit. But that sometimes that just happens. Yeah, sometimes you you miss it. Um, but I, I I still would be open to covering that series, but I would I'm afraid that we just wouldn't be it w we wouldn't be super invested in it, so it might not yeah. be that interesting of a listen. Yeah, which is which does suck because the reason like reasons why people like that series so much is because the animation is so crazy and the animation and is. is bonkers. The artwork is very cool. Yeah, very cool. But sometimes when the story doesn't meet that for you, uh, you don't really care. Yeah. Which sucks because people put in a lot of hard work. Yeah. And I'm, again, I just want to state, I am not saying that they are bad movies by any means. Yeah. I just, it, How to Train Your Dragon 2 just didn't really work for me. But I've been known to change my mind. It's not a series that I want to dislike. I really want to like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me, me too. I just. But we're not talking about yeah. that. We're talking about Incredibles. Yeah. Now, first of all. I remember there being kind of a controversy, which is kind of funny to me, but also the kind of stuff that I'm nerdy into, that they, the first movie's called The Incredibles, and this one's called Incredibles 2, mm -hmm. and it should be called The Incredibles 2, and I think Brad Bird was like, no, we we thought that they are like a group, and there's more than just, you know, the family, The Incredibles, so it is Incredibles 2, it's not just, that's what I remember him saying. Okay. Um. I know you're rolling your eyes, but I kind of like that stuff. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and boy, we will get into titles whenever we cover John Wick because yeah. they do some weird stuff with those titles. Yeah. And there's only one way they can fix it, in my opinion. But hang on to that. I just ask sometimes for like John Wick, for example. Yeah. 
movie, first movie they're making, it is a original standalone <laughs> as the at the time standalone thing comes out pretty big success. Yeah. Therefore, guys, we're turning it into a franchise. Yeah. So I get it. I get it that like, okay, it's just John Wick. Yeah. But have some confidence in yourself. And if you think you have the the panache to to make this go all the way to unfortunately three movies like make make it a john wick chapter one (laughs) just do it yeah i know studios wouldn't let it go through no but but that but remember the mummy did that basically when they when that movie starts and you know what i respect it and it says the dark universe but as someone watching it i'm like the gall that they have to think that this is launching a franchise so it's see you can do it it can be done (laughs) let me just spoil i think so we have john wick one then we have john wick chapter two isn't it just john wick though yes john uh, sorry john wick john wick chapter two john wick chapter three parabellum or parabolum i don't know how to pronounce it and then john wick chapter four blah 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 another colon blah 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 that is how they can do it for me and i will be like this is amazing i don't think they will I don't. Think I don't know. I think it's possible, or yeah. even a parenthesis. <laughs> yeah. That's what they should do next, yeah. where it's like John Wick Chapter Four, Conquest of the Enemy, parentheses, the final chapter, <laughs> or something like that. Where you're Are just you like, think, now this that is too would much. be confidence to say the final chapter. <laughs> hey, that's a thing franchises do all the time. But they didn't do it with three. <laughs> no. Nope. So we're gonna have a four. Yeah. We'll get to it, though. Um, man, the trucks are noisy today. So, Incredibles 2. Um, it's directed by Brad Bird. Written by Brad Bird. This is... So, he came off of Incredibles. Makes Ratatouille. A perfect movie. We can all agree. Arguably, at least top five Pixar movies. Um, then, it maybe only put it below the Toy Stories for me. Whoa. I think the more I think about that movie, it's just like, it is pitch perfect. Everything it about really it is good. perfect. Um, so now he's made Iron Giant. Like, he's made basically perfect movies. I can't lose. Then he goes on. He makes his live action debut with a little movie called Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Which is number what? That is number four. This okay. is Burj Khalifa and the one where he like drives that car off of the parking lot and smashes yeah, guys, it down. Do you hear that? Tom Cruise. <laughs> is swinging off the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world. And you can Google right now, mm-hmm. type in Tom Cruise, Burj Khalifa, and you will see a picture of him sitting on top yeah. of the building. With no, With um, no safety straps. on it. Just hanging out. I mean, he looks like he couldn't be any more comfortable yeah. than sitting right there. So he makes that movie, which is an unbelievably good movie. Like, that movie rules. And then... He goes on to make a movie called Tomorrowland. Now, this is the only Brad Bird movie I haven't seen. Um, by all accounts, critics, fans, everybody, it's not a very good movie. It's like a movie he'd been trying to make for a little while. And he even, if you remember, he didn't direct Force Awakens to keep working on Tomorrowland. Yep. Which, that's a tough one to think about. Because I think he probably would have made like the best Star Wars of all the new stuff. Um, well, more than J.J.? I think so. I think love JJ, but um, you know he is a little. I think people are over JJ. Yes, because of Rise of Skywalker, I think they're over him. Oh, okay. Um, but I think with JJ, he he is a bit of a replicator. Yeah. And I'm not. I you know. I love it. I I, don't I care. think Force Awakens is a really fantastic movie. Um, and I think it was the right call. Yeah. But had Brad Bird made it, it probably would have been like nuts. It, it and visually, it would have been probably the best of all of the movies visually because his animation background, like, yeah, he just knows how to make a movie look so appealing. Um, can't wait for whatever comes next with Brad Bird. I'm gonna be first in line. Um, gonna go to the premiere because oh. by then he'll we'll be friends with him and he'll invite us. And oh, he seems a little intense. But the friend, the kind of friend where he sends us tickets to his movies and premieres. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he makes Tomorrowland. It it doesn't do well at the box office. People don't really like it. I will watch it at some some point just to see. And um, so then it's like, okay, I'm making Incredibles 2. Now, a lot of people are like, you know, there's the cynical part of film people who are like, yeah, you're making something that's a guaranteed hit because you just had a flop. 
And he's like, no, I've always, I've always like batted around the idea of Incredibles 2. I just have not been able to crack it. And I feel like now I have cracked the movie. Having watched it, what do you think about that statement? Do you think he was um, just trying to like get back on top? Or do you think he did? What do you think? Oh, I think he sounds like a guy that does something when he believes in it. Yeah, not, me too. Not to get back on top. I think so too. I mean, there probably is an element of like maybe he didn't have other projects to sign up for, and but maybe that allows him to have the time to like actually get it done. Yeah. Um. So let me jump into the other stuff. I actually don't have a lot on this movie. Um, the music is Michael Giacchino again. Um, cinematography is Mayar Abu Saidi, um, who did the Good Dinosaur, the camera work on the Good Dinosaur, Whoa. and Eric Smith who did the lighting on Piper. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the movie comes out June 15th, 2018. It has a budget of $200 million. <laughs> That's so crazy. We're making crazy. a Marvel movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it lost to Spider-Verse, um, maybe the greatest animated film ever, <laughs> yeah. in the Academy Awards. Um, probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Definitely the best Spider-Man, which is saying something. Um so it lost to Spider-Verse that year. Um, domestically, the movie makes $608.5 million, uh, which th- this is kind of an interesting fact because a lot of times the international market, or I mean the, the domestic market, is not as big as the um, international. international market. And this movie, it's like half, basically, because hmm. the movie makes $1.2 billion oh. total. So... Yeah. Um, it's very much like Americans love Incredibles, and they went and saw it. Yeah. Um, makes it after Tarline. Okay, so they had to create all of the characters from scratch because they had new computers and new systems to work with. Um, so that's a lot of work right there. Uh, Pixar had swapped the release of this movie with Toy Story 4, so they lost a full year of production. Toy Story 4 came out last year and so they switched them and uh because in our Toy Story 4 episode we talked about how troubled the production on Toy Story mm-hmm. 4 was it's kind of a it's a miracle that that movie is perfect <laughs> um and then sounds very possible that in a long 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 time we would get some version of a sequel a third movie a third movie whether in, in some form because he he definitely has stated like not he is not opposed to doing more if it if he can because he he cut out a lot of story ideas in this movie oh, okay and um so if he can crack a coat crack another yeah. one um so i would see a th- I would like a third one yeah I, I think you totally could do a third movie for sure um and i yeah i don't know what you'd do but I me mean, i yeah i, I don't really even you. want to think this, about it this one <laughs> seems like the no-brainer sequel story to me that's so funny you say that because i don't uh feel the same way but that's interesting Hmm. because i when i heard about incredibles 2 in my head and maybe it's because i'm just used to franchises that have actors in them i was like oh okay so it's going to be like 14 years later they've all been fighting crime for like a decade oh i guess i didn't i've never thought about in terms of where it would take place yeah i just like I, I didn't know. I didn't expect it to take place this soon after the last movie. Yeah, I did because not it had been expect so long, that at all. But also, with the the subject matter that they went over, it makes total sense to me that they would do it that way. Like, okay. Like now yeah, having I seen the movie, part, yeah. it's like I think it would have been too weird to have the movie take place fourteen years later. Yeah. Because the how the last movie ended with the family, like uh, uh, with the basically the family as a whole, like accepting them themselves as a unit, and mm-hmm. it's like we have powers, yeah, like and like they're okay with it. The kid, the kids are like, uh, I don't know, they're like more comfortable to do their thing. Yeah, it makes sense that the next movie would be about that, like the struggle of that, totally, which is kind of the same as the first movie, but pretty good. <laughs> Okay, so in this movie, have we covered Jonathan Banks? No. Okay, so Jonathan Banks plays Rick Dicker, who is the guy that wipes people's memories. 
Yeah. Uh, he's like the men in black of, of the operation. Um, because the, the previous actor had passed. Yes. Um, he has been around. I mean, I think that he's been around since the beginning of time. Well, he was That's in. That's just a theory. Yeah. No, he, it's a theory. Um, but he is best known of recently as playing Mike Ermintrout in Breaking Bad. Like, yes. I need to tell anyone that. What's um, funny is anytime I see him in something else, it, he's not Jonathan Banks. He's, he's not Mike. whatever the character. It's like, oh, yeah, Mike. When yeah. when he's talking to the the kids in this movie, I'm like, oh, Mike doing that. Mike doing that. It's always Mike to me. Yeah. Um, he's in Gremlins. Oh, yeah. He plays Deputy Brent. And you might be hearing a little bit more about Gremlins here on the Patreon feed, folks. Maybe. Okay. And then P is in Better Call Saul, of course. Um, He's also in El Camino, of course. <laughs> You're only naming the Breaking Bad stuff. <laughs> he is in Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy, I remember. Oh, yeah. He's like one of the investigators, right? Yeah. I mean, he guys, he's in everything. I don't think this guy's ever stopped working. He's even in an episode of Robot Chicken. That means he's a certifiable actor. If you're in Robot Chicken, if you're in Robot Chicken, Simpsons, or Family Guy, you're in. That's true. Um, what's funny is so we've talked about and and we wouldn't do it yet because we it just I don't think it would work yet. But you know, podcasts have merch, and we've talked about like what would we even do though. And for me, you, you said there could be a shirt that says, and the movie begins. Yeah. Because I say that every episode. And I was thinking just now for you, it could be something along the lines of like, guys, it's insert actor. You know him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. Oh, also, Bob Odenkirk. Another better, well, sorry, I don't uh, want to step guys, on Guys, your... it's P P Paul, Saul, it's Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. Also, better call Saul. Also, I don't think he's in El Camino. But no. he is. Do you remember his real name before Saul? Oh, James McGill. Nice. Jimmy McGill, if you want to be that way about it. Um, but he got his start on Mr. Show with Bob and David. Yes. Him and... Uh, David Cross. David Cross. Yeah. I wanted to call him Todd Margaret. Um, <laughs> well. So that's where he gets to start, but he isn't so much, guys. He's, believe it or not, well, he's in an episode of The Simpsons, so he's in. He's probably on all three, honestly. He's, um. You th wait, in El Camino? He's probably in Robot Chicken, Simpsons, oh. and Family Guy. Uh, yeah, he's even in Dolmite Is My Name. Wow. So Dolmite? Here, Dolomite, yeah. Um, here's something I wanted to say about Bob Odenkirk, though. How amazing and cool is it that here's a guy who's, like, in his 50s, and he is just having the most insane resurgence that, like, any actor could dream of. Incredibles 2, Little Women, The Post. He just shows up in movies, and, like, when he shows up, you're, you're you, like, lean forward, and you're like, Bob Odenkirk's in this? That's, like... I think people... Don't you think people might know him best as Saul, though? I think so. Yeah. I think Saul and probably Mr. Show. No, but I'm saying like, you know, we were just talking about Jonathan Banks. It's like, oh, when I see him, that's Mike. Oh, But yeah, do you think yeah, when yeah. he's in something, people are like, oh, Saul Goodman's in this. Well, I, I think that if you look at his filmography, I think if you go from Breaking Bad, it's like his career starts picking up. And then with Better Call Saul, people seeing that he is like a genuinely fantastic actor. And then you have people like Steven Spielberg who are like, yeah, I want you to play like a pretty minor but sizable role in the post and oh who's it, seen that I, I think a lot of people have okay <laughs> just it's just it's just wild like yeah and when he shows up as uh the the dad and little women you're like oh bob's that, in this that kind of, it does rip me out of the moment <laughs> it's like my little women <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch um just just knowing yeah how yeah. goofy he is um but he you know without him we might not have scott ackerman Yes, and so that's we, a tragedy to think about. Yeah, we uh, with this is an ode to Bob Ode and Kirk. Oh, and we wouldn't have Tim and Eric. No, because Tim and Eric sent them a, them a DVD or like a, a VHS of their comedy. Yeah, and Bob and David were like, "Let's get him a show and stuff." Yep. So, I think um, he's he's uh, him and David Cross are actually like some of the most influential people. In comedy. Well, in, in comedy, yeah. I think that they're... Well, let me look. 
Because I have not seen Mr. Show, so I'm like not really familiar with that part of his career at all. But that was in the 90s. So I feel like him, because hearing Scott Ackerman talk about it too, yeah. is a, they sound like they were in the night. They were this like 90s group yeah. of comedians where they did a lot of stuff together. If someone got a, like was on a project and something, they'd probably include this person. Because it seems like that's where Sarah Silverman comes from. And then Pat, oh, yeah. Patton Oswalt yeah. is in there too. And then like other people that we have today that we probably wouldn't have if not for that group helping each other out throughout their career. Totally. So that's like, it starts with Mr. Show. Yeah. For that. I know one of these days, even if we don't like it, I feel like we, we need to watch it just to have done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's probably on HBO max cause it was an HBO show. So, Oh yeah. Um, and, and I think, well, no, I don't know my comedy history super well. I was going to say something, but I don't think it would have been accurate. So let's continue. Okay. So then we have Katherine Keener, who plays Evelyn Deaver. Is it? Wait, Katherine? Katherine, sorry. Oh, okay. a lot of Keener, Deaver, sorry. <laughs> no, that, you're um, good. Yeah, Katherine. Uh, she is probably most notably currently as the mom in Get Out. Yeah. Um, she's also in 40-Year-Old Virgin, being John Malkovich, Capote, She's in an episode of Seinfeld. Guys, it's Catherine. Uh, <laughs> Catherine. Well, Keener. she's in this movie where the cover looks the same as the Get Out one. Really? Whoa! What? What year is that? We. And it's it, got uh, Anton Yelchin in it. Is it? What is it called? We don't belong here. Yeah. And what year? 2017. Wow. I'd watch that. That looks good. Well, doesn't have a great score. Um, but you, you see Thriller and you're like, ooh, it could be good. Um, and then we have Sophia Bush, who plays Void. Um, she is in One Tree Hill. That's what I know her from. One Tree Hill. Wait, you watched One Tree Hill? Yeah, my cousin would come to down for the summer for like three weeks every summer from Idaho. And yeah. one summer she brought her entire One Hill collection and forced us to watch it uh that makes a lot more sense now yeah yeah no i i didn't watch it by choice side note on the void um their void character she looks like Katy perry to me so when i watch the movie it's like oh Katy perry and then yeah i don't know it's the hair yeah just uh to blow anyone else's mind <sighs> uh Katy perry is giving birth to orlando bloom's baby yeah I feel like that's it's everyone crazy. knows that, but I di definitely didn't know that until we were listening to that podcast. Me either, and it's wild for some reason. Yeah, she has Legolas, the son of Legolas, in her womb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she is also in This Is Us, Love Victor, Drunk History, blah blah blah. Oh my She's in a lot of shows. She's mostly a TV actress. Um, not that that makes her less important. <laughs> <laughs> oh man whoa who's this lady she's in something <laughs> oh isabella rosalini who plays the ambassador isabella rosalini she's in enemy but she's another she in stuff enemy? too mother the mother and enemy mm -hmm. it says mother oh i don't remember i remember her, her. Uh, she's also in blue velvet ah uh, um, that's a pretty famous movie so they say. I haven't seen it. That's a so David Lynch say. movie. I know. I don't know if I... If hey, I, listeners of Patre Patreon, can yeah. you can you let us know what you think about David Lynch? Also, is Twin Peaks worth it? Because Micah and I keep edging closer and closer to watching it, to pulling the trigger. Yeah. And I don't want to get into it if I... There's not I as shouldn't. much as I thought, though. I feel like it might be worth it just to do it. Because there's just, only like 45 episodes. And I know that's a lot, but that's but like, just like it, it just looks so weird in terms of like dark that it's like, should I get emotionally invested in that? Yeah. Or not. But I remember seeing a trailer for the newest season. Yeah. When I was at going to the movies, it was one of those like before yeah. the movie things. I think and, they were doing like the season premiere in a theater. Yeah. Kind of and it looked really good. It did. Yeah. I was like, what is this it show? It looks like a what movie. Is, or what is this movie? And then yeah, I was like, oh, it's that weird thing. I think I think we should just pull the trigger. But I, I don't know. I like maybe pull the trigger, but be okay with not getting through one episode. Like we haven't been able to get through one David Lynch movie. That's not true. I've seen The Elephant Man. That's a great I've movie. I've seen some of that movie. Yeah, that's a TV. really good movie. We've only watched we, like we one of his movies. We couldn't get through Mulholland Drive. Yeah, and I could not get through Blue Velvet. 
Yeah, I well, isn't Blue Velvet like really graphic? I've heard that it is. Yeah. But I didn't even get that far. Well, I think one of the things in Mulholland Drive, spoiler alert, and I don't think I would try and watch it again, but I think you find out later that they're all bad actors and they're like the twist is that they're like in a show or something like that and they're all bad actors. Which is cool, it but feels... it's like there was no I don't know. Watching it, I was just like, like this is like these people have never acted in their I lives. I know, and if like you describing that, that sounds like a Charlie Kaufman script. That's that's but the impression. I think a Charlie of the Kaufman movie. movie would be better. Yeah. Which his movie comes out this Friday. <gasps> yeah. That's exciting. We're gonna watch that yeah. on Friday. And it's got Jesse Plemons in it to mention another uh breaking bad person. Sure. So yeah, let's talk about Incredible. So. Okay. So the movie begins, and we have Tony from the first movie, who is um, like Violet's crush, and we start to see like some of the the ending events of the first movie through his eyes, and he's being interviewed by Mike. And it pretty much catches you up to remind you yeah. of what's happened. Super smart way to do it. Yeah. And it's a different perspective, so it doesn't feel like a rocky recap at the beginning of a movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and you're seeing different stuff. And then the movie goes right away to them fighting the underminer. Yeah. Um, which is who's, how who's the first movie voiced ended. Voiced by uh, the pig the <laughs> from pig. Toy Story. Oh, John Rath- Rath- Ratzenberger? Ratzenberger, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did not hear that for some reason. Oh, really? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, well, and one thing I got to say, um, Grayson and I had this bet, like when they announced Incredibles 2, because Grayson was like, oh, yeah, the Underminer is going to be the main villain of the movie. And I was like, no, that's insane. The, the whole ending of Incredibles was to show like they're going to continue to fight superheroes he's not there's nothing to the underminer he's not going to be a good villain grayson just liked a villain that got dirty (laughs) and uh (laughs) and so yeah he we had a bet and whoever won after the movie would pay back the person's ticket yeah so um when we saw the movie, actually, I think Michael was sweating bullets. The yeah. Beginning of this movie. Well, and I was like, I was like, he, there's no way he's going to be involved. And then, and then you start seeing him at the beginning and I was like, Oh no, is he, I'm like, no, it still doesn't make sense. They're going to defeat him and then go on to do other stuff. And like the new villain will present itself. And then he's, it, you know, it's like kind of a long action sequence. Um, and then it, it gets past when I'm like, okay, sweet. He's owes me $7 and 50 cents. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they, yeah, they fight the Underminer, and it's cool seeing them do all their stuff. I mean, again, wh- what can we say except Brad Bird is, like, just unbelievable at action. It's why mm-hmm. Mission Impossible is so good. Yep. Like, like, these sequences are fantastic. You you know the stakes. You know what's going to, like, what they're trying to do. It's very clear what's going on. And Absolutely. it's still funny. Like, d- during that action sequence, um, Violet and Dash are fighting over who's babysitting Jack-Jack. So he's Jack-Jack yeah. just being, like, tossed around and it ends up with Mr. Incredible. Um, but what's really good, so that sequence happens. They stop his, like, drill thing right before it hits the Capitol. So yeah. they... They save the day, but then, of course, they're arrested uh-huh. because supers are illegal, and they're being interrogated, and they're like, did, uh, basically, the people were like, you shouldn't have done anything, you've caused so much property damage, and the guy still got away. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're right. They're like, you should have just left it alone and let us handle it, which would have been, they were like, like the money was insured, like, it would yeah. have been fine. And it's like, we would have investigated it once it was over, and it's like, oh, that's... Can't really argue with that. That's yeah. how I, that's how it's I like, feel. Well, you guys suck because I like superheroes, but yeah. I feel like you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the uh the Mike yeah, the yeah. Mike guy. We're just calling him Mike. Pretty much him and the organization he works for is disbanded. Which they were even though supers were illegal, they were still kind of making sure that like like wiping people being like the men in black of like getting rid of things that shouldn't be around that's super yeah. related and then also relocating supers if necessary mm-hmm. so the last thing he's able to do is to like give him two more weeks in a, in a motel um because remember in the last movie their house blew up so right. they don't have a home um and i guess i didn't realize this but they did not see jack jack use any powers against syndrome no 
think it's a tiny bit of a stretch, but I'll, I let, it slide. I'll I, let it slide. I think it totally works, and you're being well, dumb I guess about if, it. I guess if you look up... No, yeah, I guess you're right. Because I'm thinking, I'm looking out the window, and like I couldn't see a human being you that was see... even like higher than the high school building right here, probably. Yeah. Uh-oh. I just gave our location. A high school? A high school. It's actually a high school in California. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, th- I think all the people who are patrons know where we live. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, so ideologically, I was hoping to jump into it. this part of the, the movie. I think there's a couple of things. So there's one, and it's stated right here at the beginning, that where they're trying to decide, like, what is the necessity of superheroes in general? Mm-hmm. Because if it's insured, if all that stuff's happening, why do you even need them? And I feel like that's one of the main questions of the movie. Um, it, it's exemplified with like Bob Odenkirk's character who's like, we need superheroes. They inspire us. They're awesome. And then you have um, Ka- Catherine Keener. Keener. Catherine Keener. Um, I don't know why I have trouble with her name. It's such a different name. Um, Catherine Keener's character, who we find out later is um, the bad guy, she is like, no, we don't need them. We need like just regular like law and order. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's like, because I was trying to think of in the first movie, it's it's such a commentary on superhero movies. So I've been trying to think since we watched it. Like, well, I think one of the reasons why I initially didn't like it as much as the first movie is I didn't feel like it had that commentary on superheroes. Yeah. Like it, this movie feels a little bit more like a superhero movie. I agree with that. I like the whole uh, Elastigirl, Mrs. Incredible uh, plot of the story. It's uh, pretty interesting. The action's amazing. Oh yeah, pretty interesting. I prefer the Mister Incredible storyline like way more. Yeah. I find it way more interesting. Well, I love I love a good role reversal, so I love yeah. all that, and I know I know you do too. But yeah, so I w- I was just trying to think of like yeah, I think this movie is asking the question like, do we even need superheroes? Yeah, and I think that helps me like it even more. Yeah. Um, and then I was trying to think, like, I feel like there is a reading of this movie that it is a commentary on superhero movies. Okay. So you have, like, um, Deaver, Bob Odenskirk ter- character, who is, like, a fan slash, like, the Disney company that's pumping out, like, Marvel movies all the time. Then you have Screenslaver, who's, like, you're addicted to your screens, and she's even, like, an art person. And I feel like she could maybe... This is kind of a stretch, so I want to see if you agree with me. Like, Catherine Keener's character is kind of a... The like, character's name is Evelyn. Evelyn um, is is like a... You know, like when you see a Marvel movie with someone who's very, like, just getting into movies or something, or they're, like, really artsy, and they're like, oh, that was really stupid. It's not artistic. It's not, like, an actual valid expression of art. Hmm. And you're like, well, I think it is. It's just a different kind of valid art. Yeah. Um, so I feel like she represents that and maybe like critics. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you have like the screen slaver who's saying that they're like slaves to, you know, the franchise, the, Mm -hmm. the screens and all of that stuff. Um, that's kind of as far as I got, but I feel like that is kind of in there, kind of a commentary on, cause it's so overblown right now. Every other movie seems like it's it's a superhero movie. Yeah. And I feel like they're begging the question of, do we need them? And they end on, yeah, we like them. They're cool. Yeah. They serve a purpose. And I yeah. think I think the in the movie they're saying like superheroes are oversaturating just normal life. Mm-hmm. And there can't be like normal people have a hard time living life because there are supers. Like because back when they were legal, destruction mm-hmm. and mayhem. Without yeah. them, not so much. Sure. Uh that's kind of like an argument I think she's kind of making too. Um, I think in the story, it's really smart, as they know, because this is why they chose her, that Elastigirl is the one who's going to be doing the work because she doesn't, like, Mr. Incredible is too messy. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it's which really, is very funny. Like, I guess the motivation of choosing her to be the one, like, it's like, oh, yeah, totally makes sense. And then it also, the, the cause and effect of it is the Mr. Incredible storyline, which is, like, so interesting. Which, so like the sorry, the, sorry. the first movie is about you know modern american family yes uh especially that like because there's not much of a time difference the set and the costume or the outfits are still pretty much 60s yeah. 60s 70s ish which is still the a big like nuclear family was really important 
during mm-hmm. that time. So it just continues to be, but this movie continues on the whole, like deconstructing what a family is. And by that, like a dad's relationship to the family. Yeah. But in this movie, he is forced to be as what we would most classically consider the mother role. Yes. And seeing him navigate it. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I think it's very cool that the movie doesn't do that thing that sometimes sequels do where they take back like character growth from the yeah. previous movie. Cause it, it is cool that like by the end of Incredibles, Mr. Incredibles, like I want to be there for the family. I want to do this. And then in this movie, he's, he's never like, Oh no, I don't want to do, he, he doesn't regress into like, I, I'm just going to skip out on the kids and be super. No, he's like, no, no he's I like, do need I'm going to gonna this. be the best parent at it because yeah. That last movie, you know, he he was surging so hard to be the best, to, to yeah. continue to be the best when it was denied him. And this movie, he's still that same person where he's like, yeah, I'm accepting that I have to be at home, but I'm going to be the best at it. Yeah. So, yeah, that they did a really good job with that. And I, and I think if we want to if 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 I can still get my little read on the movie, I think them choosing Elastigirl is also like a studio being like, OK, we've done like the the punchy superhero movie. Let's do something a little more layered and interesting. So let's choose this person because she's got it going on. She's more hip now. And she's more investigative. I mean, she's more yeah. think thinks and then does. Yes. Kind of thing. Um, which I know that because of how the storyline is, she's kind of like strung along to find right, out these right. things. Um, but can yes. you talk about the train sequence while I try and find that really weird um, review Yeah, that talked about so, Mrs. Incredible? Yeah, so she's chosen. She's going to go on this mission to... So she has to leave the family for a while. Okay, so there's a new hover, dream, hover train being put to the city. She's there. She's checking it out. They're listening to a police scanner. Um, and then hears that some weird stuff might be going on during the ceremony. And then once the train is like... It's like a coronation and... Coronation? That's the right word? Mm, yeah. I mean, let's just go with Whatever. it. Whatever. So, ceremony. Um, the train starts going backwards. That's not right. So, she's getting on the train. Really cool action sequence of her on this motorcycle. Um, and pretty much finds out that the guy driving the train was hypnotized the whole time. So, he wasn't doing anything. Like, he didn't know he was doing something wrong. Yeah. Which leads on to the Screen Slaver whole storyline. But the the big point is she needed to be shown with a body camera on her suit that she was saving the day. She kept people safe. No one got hurt. No casualties. And not that, like, there was hardly any con- distraction caused. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've almost found it. Um, so what Micah is looking up <laughs> is there is a New Yorker review yeah. of this movie and the guy who reviewed it it's one of the perviest reviews <laughs> yeah you could ever read um i'm almost there i'm getting toward the end of it here there are quite a few discussions da, 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 da. yeah keep keep vamping i'm almost there <laughs> he has a he has a thing for mrs incredible and it was reflected too descriptively in the yeah. review <laughs> So this is a New Yorker review. Um, okay. Incredibles 2 can scarcely own up to those, not with young children in the audience, but what it can do, even without stating the dilemma, is to offer a solution. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't read that part. Hence the sight of Helen, accelerating off to work, away from her justly abandoned man in her black mask, her long, tall boots, and her empowering outfit, as tight as a second skin. Which brings us to the other event. <laughs> Take your seat at an early evening screening of Incredibles 2 in the coming days. Listen carefully, and you may just hear a shifty sound as of parents squirming awkwardly beside their enraptured offspring. And why, kids? Because Mommy just leaned over to Daddy and whispered, Is it me, or does Mrs. Incredible kind of look Anastasia, kind of look like Anastasia in Fifty Shades of Grey? You know, the girl in the red room with the whips and all. And Daddy... (laughs) Oh, this is so hard to listen to. I, I I feel like I'm about to like say the most awful swear yeah. or something. And Daddy just rested his cooling soda firmly in his lap, firmly in his lap, and like Mister Incredible, tried very hard to think of algebra. As for how Daddy will react later on during the scene in which Helen and the husky-voiced Evelyn unwind and simply talk woman to woman, I hate to think, but watch out for flying popcorn.
so gross. It's so nasty. And it's also like, so he's telling me that he's really turned on in the scene where Helen and Evelyn have a conversation. He's just, has he not heard two women talking? Is he, who is this guy and why is this his view of women? It's gross. I don't know, man. It's tough to to double check the publication you're reading and be like, the New Yorker? <laughs> yeah. Really? I'm kind of a little surprised that it's not taken down because I think it's pretty famously like people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is Yeah, did a lot so of people weird. talk about it when it came out? When I Google, I, I Googled Incredibles 2 sexual review and the first thing that popped up was fans mock New Yorker review and there was like a video so i mean it's like people know about it um so let's talk about jack jack okay jack jack has all these crazy powers he looks like um uh well he looks like sean and sadie's son adorable and he's very cute and it's just funny because it's like that's niall that's yeah. niall um so he has all these crazy powers he can like clone himself now and there's this raccoon fight that it is the best part of the movie. It's, it's my so favorite. funny. And also, when I was watching that, I was like, how in the world did they animate this? I don't know. Because there's that scene where he turns like kind of um silly putty-ish. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah, you don't you can't do that. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And later on in the movie, when they're in the boat, he gets huge. <laughs> he gets spirited away, baby huge. It's it's so unbelievable. So you have the Jack Jack thing. Um, Edna Mode gives him I think they, a new they costume. Get, they figure out that he has seventeen powers. I think it's more than that. Actually, I think I heard the number seventeen. 17 probably okay. seventeen known of. Yeah, and I, that would be the one thing if they made another movie where it'd be like, what what more could you do with Jack Jack? Because there'd be that expectation almost. You yeah, know? where it could be. That could go pretty bad if you don't do it just right. Yeah, and I, I just have to say, too, because I... So Jack-Jack's, like, my favorite. But also, yeah. in this movie, Dash was just killing me when they go to this to the new house. Yeah. And he's pressing all of those buttons. And the couch, like, falls and into every, the water Oh, and my stuff. gosh, it's so funny. And then when um, Mr. Incredible finds out that his car has been bought by, like, an eccentric billionaire. Yeah. And, like... They, they don't know how they could never find that remote control so they can't get all the bells and whistles to work but Mr. Incredible has it and Dash Dash just starts Dash 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 starts just pressing buttons yeah. oh my gosh it is so funny and then just throughout the movie when it gets to the point when him and Violet have to go save their parents and she's asking him a question and he's just like huh it's like <laughs> such a 10 year old thing yeah it's just his the voice acting is so good on him uh -huh. so good and then just that everything about him is so funny it, it's it, he's unbelievable um i i like that they don't try to shove in like a big arc for him yes um because there's so much going on in the movie and it makes sense that he's just excited to like do whatever he can do yeah um so it, you know because every once in a while you'll watch a movie like this that, and they and, pack everything in. Yeah, and they're like, every character has to have an arc, which is good writing, but sometimes it can be a little much. Like in Toy Story 4, they kind of sideline some characters because they're like, we got to worry about Woody. Oh, yeah, I mean, for him... And I like that they He's 10 that. years old. Life is simple. Yeah. So they make him a simple character. Yeah. Violet is coming of age. She's right. not as simple, and that's why she gets the little bit of drama. Yeah, and that whole thing about her, like, renouncing being a superhero yeah. because uh, Tony doesn't remember who she is because he was, you know... Mind was wiped. Mind was wiped. All of that's really funny. The animation, when they go to the, the restaurant he works at and she spits up the water through her nose and her eyes oh. bulge. Again, how did they do that? It was so good. It's so cartoony, but yet so real. I What's kind of cool about um the this series is like pixar tends to drift more toward like realism in animation uh -huh. and like with these because they have these odd powers and some of the weird expressions and stuff they're able to kind of marry that with like weird weird animation that like defies the laws of physics and yeah stuff. and the artwork is the, like the people kind of look different than all the other people in other pixar movies yeah like they have it's very specific like they're it's all I don't know what the art style would be, but just shapes uh -huh. are really important in these movies. Yeah. Because uh, you even see that when the credits happen, those kinds of shapes. It's the oh, same yeah. thing, just 3D. 
with texture. Whoa. So it's everything is just really figured out down yeah. to the shape of people. Really wonderful. Yeah. Um, I was going to say too, going into like Mr. Incredible, like his arc throughout the movie of being a dad. It's so like being a dad of three children. They just, they do a really good job of him showing how he's trying to help each child by being a parent with Violet. He's just trying to help her in this situation because he caused it. Yeah. Um, and then with dash, he's just trying to help him with math homework. And I'm sure so many parents felt like that. I was just hurt to watch him yelling that math <laughs> yeah. is different now. Yeah. And then with Jack, Jack trying to just figure out what he is. Yeah. is so good. And then just seeing how it just, this all of the energy just sucks it out of them yeah and they just do a really wonderful job of illustrating all of it and i, I think they get into this cool thing where it's like um like the, i don't think this has happened to us but i could see this situation kind of being happening where it's like we're both artists okay and like they're both superheroes and one of them is succeeding to a level that's much different than the other one yeah and it's like, I love that Mr. Incredible, I, I think that it, they wrote it so well where it's like Mr. Incredible is really frustrated that his wife is being a superhero, but he's trying to be proud of her and he's, and he's trying to be supportive and he is supportive, but it's hard because that's what he wants to do. Yes. So I think about, you know, if, if your, you, your next book, like just took off or something. Yeah. Um, when more like, okay. um, it's, and then, and then, it, and maybe I was not able to like only work on music. It'd be hard not to be jealous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, am I in trouble? No. <laughs> but, but I, and I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I think we'd be, we'd work it out just fine. Cause yeah. I, I'd coast on that, on that sweet, sweet book money. <laughs> oh, um, you are so mistaken. <laughs> um, so one thing, another thing I want to talk about in this movie that I think we, we, we mentioned, I feel like in phase three of our Marvel coverage, we kind of talked about how like, there, there feels like a certain point in Marvel where they kind of were like, there's so many characters, there's so much, we can't really worry about powers, even though that's kind of one of the coolest things. Like the things. laws of physics? No, no, but I mean, yes and no, but but it's like, you know, you watch um, Avengers, and obviously go back and listen, we love those movies, but, uh, you know, it's like, okay, Hulk punches really hard, Captain America punches really hard, Iron Man punches really hard, Iron Man can kind of do anything he wants ever. And it's like there's no like limitations on certain people's powers, and that doesn't feel like a priority to them. Yeah. Um, I feel like in Spider-Man Far From Home, they kind of were able to rein that back in a little bit, for Spider-Man at least. But even him, he's got like this Tony Stark glasses, so yeah. he can kind of do anything. Um, and in this movie, I just love how, like Elastigirl, she has to use her powers in specific ways. And like when her powers get taken out, she's down for the count. And like everybody's powers are utilized in in as a fan of comic books and stuff, it feels just very much like that is how the superhero should be. Mm-hmm. They are dependent upon their powers. And when you move that around, they're in trouble. Yeah. And like when they're trying to move the boat, that's a good example of like Frozone's trying to hit the ice to to change it. Dash is well, Dash isn't actually doing anything. He's helping his dad. He's helping his dad, but then like Mr. Incredible is pushing it because he's really strong. Yeah. And then Elastigirl's like using parachutes and stuff. So all of that is just like a wonder to watch. Yeah. Well, even Violet, we learned like, because in the last movie, obviously their, her and Dash's story arc is learning what their powers truly are. Like getting their full potential. Yeah. And in this movie, we see with her that she's able to use her force field in ways that we've never seen before. Like she's able, like where there was that hole in the wall and she used a force field to make it bigger. Yeah. So it, it was cool seeing them continuing to develop. Right. I feel like with Dash, it might just be listening that he's developed <laughs> yeah. a little bit better. And um, in, in, in this, like, I feel like Void's power is really cool because she can, like, teleport things. Uh-huh. So throughout the movie, like, there's that fight sequence when her and Mrs. Incredible are fighting. Uh-huh. And it, it's nuts. It's crazy. And it's also really impressive to the animators and storyboarders that that scene was not incoherent. Yes. But... All of this stuff where, and, and like when she's fighting Violet and Violet's just running through that hallway again and again and again, it reminds me of the most incredible two games, Portal. Um, oh, okay. Where you can do that sort of thing. You have a portal gun yeah. and stuff. And all of that stuff is just like unbelievable. Well, I think they do a good job in these movies that I think 
I agree with the Marvel thing that I don't think it's mu- as much of a priority. Yeah. Um, but that you can tell throughout the fight scenes that the superheroes are trying to figure out how to use their power in a different solve. way. It's and all problem problem solving yeah. because everyone's in con- in command of their own thing. But it's how to uh, adapt to someone else's powers. Yes. Like how that affects their powers. Yeah. Very good job on that. Because, yeah, like like in Marvel, they, they've always been more interested in the characters and the overarching narrative. In Marvel, they're pretty much just having to fight minions most of the time. Right. But, you know, I think about Captain Marvel, and it's like, if I said, what are her powers? It's like... I would say she's Superman. Yeah, she can fly and punch hard. Yeah. Um, But I don't... Re- you know, they the screenwriters and like people from comic books are always like, she's the most powerful or, or, you know, people say like, she's one of the most powerful. And it's like, that's not really conveyed to me. I don't understand that from what you presented. And, and then what I'm saying is just in these movies, they, they make them very integral to what it is. Yeah. Down to the guy who's the regurgitating reflux, who, who, who is like basically a frog and she's he goes hey i'm reflux when he meets um elastigirl and he goes superpower disorder who knows you decide yeah and then he uh and basically he, throws up lava <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i laughed every time he threw up it's so funny um so we have the twist of the bad guy mozart is playing when uh, edna mode's doing mm-hmm. the stuff i mean we're, we're we've been pretty scattered we're, how should we come so, back around ba- so pretty much throughout elastigirl figures out uh where screen slaver is she goes to the apartment of where she believes screen slaver is they fight that's the big flashing scene where they had to warn people about um and then a pizza boy gets arrested yeah to elastigirl that doesn't sit well that doesn't seem right that this pizza boy is some kind of technological mastermind throughout that she is having conversations with evelyn about Evelyn saying like, I'm the inventor. My brother's the seller. Yeah. So you learn she's the brains. Therefore you learn more once Elastigirl gets on her trail more that Evelyn is a screen slaver. Yeah. The technological mastermind. And her whole motive is like you said, getting rid of getting rid of supers by way of documenting that they're hurting people. Yeah. Um, wow, this is coinciding with they had just signed like basically a peace treaty, a global peace treaty that they're that they can be legal again. Mm-hmm. And they're making it look like supers are better than everyone else. Yeah. Then we have the fight scene. Mr. Incredible shows up and he is also made a because they're all hypnotized. Yeah. So Dash and Violet have to go save their parents. Love that they have to. Yeah. Because even Frozone gets captured. And love that because of the last movie and what we've seen in this movie, they have the courage to do it. G- very good point. Yeah. They're just right. kids. Yeah. But they have the courage to do it and believe in themselves to do it. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, babysitting Jack Jack. Yeah. Um, they do it. We've talked about it. Uh, <laughs> Evelyn gets captured. She gets arrested. Very funny co- snide comment from Violet about it, where like Evelyn's sitting in the police car getting carted off to jail, and Violet's like, "Yeah, but she's rich. She'll probably just get a slap on the wrist." And it's like, oh. "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> yo, probably true." <laughs> yeah. And then um, you know we see that the family is happy to fight together as a family. And there's that scene where Violet's going on the date at the theaters and bank rob- like yeah. people firing out of a car drive by really fast and she throws money at Tony and she's like she's like I'll be I'll be there in, before the preview start we'll be right back <laughs> yeah because they all fight together yeah which is very cute yeah um it's a good movie it was it a really good, good. Wa- rewatch yeah I think first I, one's still better first one's better yeah. Um, I liked it a lot better this time around, though. Me too. And I, I, I think, think part so. of it also is just the expectation is so high. Yeah. When you're like, they've waited 14 years. This has to be like the best thing in the world. Yeah. Th- there's no way it's not going to be. Yeah. And so once you get that out of the way, rewatching, it's like, okay, I know what this is. Oh, this is actually amazing. It's so fun, too, to have a sequel of something that far later when an animation has gone so far. It goes yeah. so far every year. So to go from 14 for 14 years later, it is really cool seeing how the animation improves the visuals of the movie Totally down to like a lot of the action, but even just down to like texture on things. It's just the, the characters feel more fleshed out. 
Totally. And uh, the hair in this movie is nuts. Oh, yeah. Violet, Dash's Violet hair is blows even her hair. Yeah. I don't get that. Oh, I feel like that, would, that wouldn't be that hard. But she moves it in different directions and her hair reacts. It's just, it's just, my, yeah. like, I cannot imagine animating hair. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really get animation, but I'm obviously fascinated by it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. I mean, uh, if they make another one, that that sounds awesome to me. Me too. But it, just it, one more. And it's got to be Brad Bird. Yeah. I think if they ever try and make one without him, or even if he's just producing, no, no, I no. I mean, if they waited 14 years for him to make another one, I think they can wait another 14 years. Yeah, they wouldn't. Even though it made so much money. It's yeah. like, I don't know. They can wait. Yeah. And I can wait. Movies don't exist anymore. We don't get new movies true. anymore. So it doesn't really matter. That's true. Um. So... Yeah. Well, happy September, patrons. We're glad you're here. Uh, next month, we're going to do incre- uh, <laughs> Incredible. Monsters, Inc. And then we'll, we'll be close to done. But there, there will be monsters after Monsters, Inc. Oh, That's we're doing for Monsters, sure. Inc. in October? Yeah. Was that intentional? No. I just wanted wow. to do the Pixar uh, sequels. I love how that lined up. Yeah. And it, yeah, it works because it's like uh, you got your... You got your summer movies. You got your Finding Dory. You're in the sea. Then uh, fall, your family school. <laughs> family school. Yeah, we're about ready to go back to school this month. You know, um, not us. not really, but um, and then now it's getting a little bit spooky. But maybe maybe those monsters just need a laugh. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Thank, Thank you. you for being a patron. We do really love you guys, and it is, we're so thankful that you and would. And it is. And it is. And we're so thankful that you would um, spend your hard-earned money on yeah. us. Um, so. Peace. <laughs>